Live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. McKay will shoot a very long three, back iron no good. Gilbert comes over to get the rebound, Keyshawn shoots a three, he missed it, and the Rebels frustrated again. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Cofield and Company here on a Wednesday. Willie Ramirez is the company. Ari is in the Finley Toyota Studios as well. What's up, William? How much? A little education now on my way here. I, you know, there's... You learn something new every day. What tangent shall we go on to start the show? Not really, not really a tangent. I just didn't really realize how much cream came from nuts. Okay. I Why st- were you reading up on creamy nuts? <laughs> I I stopped at uh, stopped at a local uh, barista, and there's now pistachio cream to add to my uh, iced coffee. Nice. You're a nice coffee guy. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to. Yesterday, I got something different for a little energy boost to deal with Adam Hill, National Sports Writer of the Year, or Nevada Sports Writer of the Year. Nevada Man of the Year, as one, list, as one listener called him. Yes. Nevada Man of the Year. We're man, just going to go with man. that. Oh, well, I said both. Yeah. Yeah. But I um, I do. I like the I like the Trenta iced coffee. And, I and you only do it middle of the day, right? You, uh, you chastised... People on the air a while ago for uh, drinking coffee first thing in the morning without flushing out their system with like seven gallons of water. What did chastise him? It's just uh, I wake up and I immediately slam a bottle of water and then I go right to the coffee. Right. Okay. Okay. I just so the coffee's I, pretty early, but you just go with the water first. Yeah. To you know line what's the weird? System. What's weird is it now um, in the in the winter time I don't really go for the iced coffee. I, obviously, I want to get a hot coffee. So driving here, I picked up the Trenta iced coffee, and I decided to. Get a pistachio cream. Come to find out that you could get cream from plenty of nuts. Nice. I'll have to try it out. Uh, yeah. This is all my second coffee of the day. I start out the morning. Breakfast is just coffee, uh, like a pot of coffee. and then um, A pot of coffee. And then uh, on the way here, I had a little bit of lunch, so I had an Italian sub with coffee. So you're so people people love hearing about that. My baked potato cleanse. with a coffee. It is a colon cleanse, yes. <laughs> you know, I, as you know, as you get older, you know, cleansing the colon or just... Kind of staying regular. It's a big deal. It, it also, it also, ne- I also needed like a nice little today. I don't normally get the cream, but I need a little sweetness to bring down my tone because I'm a little annoyed with you. Another tangent from yesterday's show. Can we save this? Sure. Just put annoyed on the board. Put an- I promise we'll get to it at three fifteen, which is such a <laughs> what a stupid promise because we're going to forget. But promise, no, no, annoyed, Willie, annoyed. I can't see it over there. We keep doing that, just like the whole board. Uh, and now the I'm annoyed with Ari. Board. He asked me what uh, one of our guests' full name was. I put it up there, and then the kids uh, erased it. What the? Jesus. It's amazing. I'm going to pull his beard out hair by hair. You hear a little UNLV basketball coming in. We'll get to that inside of five minutes. A highly successful uh, UNL, uh, UNLV unit again this year. What happened? National championship or damn close? National championship, but they also got the game day. So they got the. Who is the, they? The UNLV Rebel Girls and Company. Now, we know that they've had, they're a long standing national prominent unit as the Rebel Girls. Mm-hmm. Then they added the men to the group. Love the, the company. Rebel Girls and Company. Love the company. Great yeah. idea. Well, what a you, concept. Most, well, the thing is, is most things that have an and company, that's the strength. So, 
anything that you come across that has and company. What are you trying to say about the Rebel Girls? Or were you making some sort of innuendo? Silly comment about Cofield and company. I just got it. Pretty much. That's pretty um, good. So they went down to Disney, Disney World, where they hold it every year. And they won the hip hop national championship again. I can't, I don't know how much, what we're up to now. Six time hip hop champs. But they won the game day because the dance team does do game day routines with palms. They're not a palm team, they're not a cheer team, they are a dance team, but they do have a game day routine to the UNLV fight song. They also won that. So they are two time national champs this year. But how many hip hop routines? I've lost count. This was a pretty I wonder- cool. I wonder if there's another like cheer team around the country who's like, damn it, down the stretch. They always get us. It's like Cincinnati. It's like, I didn't really want an answer. Oh. It's like San Diego State in basketball and football, right? Mm. With our football team here in town with the Rebels and the running Rebels. There's just, there's something, something coming up a little bit short. And man, last night in Utah, in Logan, Yeah, I thought about it a little bit on the travel back from Logan, Utah. I'm like, wow, I never thought this would happen with this team. But the close games and falling just short, it feels a little bit like Marcus Arroyo's two years, the last two years, where if you remember, inside of eight points, one-score games, they were one in ten. And there was just something missing. I don't think the gap with the basketball team is as big as it was with the football team because I'm not sure the football team at times really had confidence that they were going to win, like down the stretch this year, that they really have confidence that they were going to beat Fresno in a one-score game or beat San Diego State in a one-score game or beat Hawaii in a one-score game. I think this team believes, but this basketball team is just – they're a little bit snake-bitten. You know, they got hit by some freaking – Bombage from three, the last three games. Mm-hmm. But there's also some things down the stretch in these games where they're making mistakes and there's just no margin for error. And last night was a prime example, Willie. They wound up losing 75 to 71 against Utah State. That place has traditionally been a house of horrors. Like they go up there and perfect uh, for the area. They get caught in an avalanche at some point during the game, right? The last six years, last six meetings up there, they had lost by an average of 15 and a half. And none of those games were inside of 10. And Utah State just goes ballistic shooting. Always over over 50%. I think their worst game the last six leading in in Logan was like 49.8. They were over 50% for six games from three. Six games. And not like, hey, they went three of seven. Like, that's not over 60 or 50%. But get my point? Like, every game was like 9, 10, 11, 12 makes. And last night, the Rebels fell victim to that again in the first half. They have this kid, Taylor Funk, who went just crazy and was just being, it was silly. Taking like 27 footers. He took a top of the key jumper where he pump faked. Keyshawn Gilbert got underneath him and then he still shot it over his extended hand and made that. But it's the mistakes down the end and it's the mistakes on the defensive end that are really disappointing. And that's why this team right now is scuffling big time and kind of looking to the sideline for some answers and also waiting for Elijah Parquet to come back. Because it is not working when they need it to work the most in the final couple of minutes. They were leading 69-68 with a minute and a half. And then there were like four or five mistakes in those final 90 seconds. And they wound up being on the wrong side. And you have to wonder because, you know, it was a great question early on during that, what was it, 11-game 
streak to open the season. Um, 11 and one start. 11 and one start. So, start. Um, Adam kept saying, Adam Hill kept saying, can this team sustain the defensive tenacity that it is displaying early on for 40 minutes throughout the stretch into Mountain West Conference play? And he was like, it, it just, it's impossible. You're not going to do it the entire season. And so while it's maintained that, the other question that we've had going into the season and throughout is, where's the offense going to come? Now, with Parquet out, when it comes down to the stretch, even if you've played a competitive game, if you played it tight in your defenses, you got to have that clutch gene. You got to have that clutch player. You got to have yeah. something there. And because when you make mistakes, you have to be able to compensate. You're not going to play a perfect game every time. It's going to be very rare. So to compensate for that, you got to have your offensive weapons. You have to have, you know, you have to compensate for the defensive lapses at times when another team goes into transition. And right now, like you said, it's looking to the sidelines. It all you also that one intangible when you're looking to the sideline. Kevin Kruger's got to have the answer, and I'm not saying that he's not drawing up the right play or he's not telling them what to do properly. But there's going to there's going to come yeah. a time where you're getting out coached, especially on the road in that arena. That's a tough place to play. Tough place, and they they got a couple of bad breaks with the officiating. It wasn't terrible, but EJ Harkless played 12 and a half minutes. He scored 33 points last game. He had two last night. He played 12 and a half minutes, and he got really frustrated. Down the stretch, but yeah, uh, in the final 90 seconds, they had two defensive breakdowns, and they're a switching defense, so they try to switch all five, and last night, for the first time all season that I can remember, they actually had double bigs on the floor at times, because Keyshawn Hall played so well offensively, he's the freshman who really hasn't played at all since non-con, he's 6'6", 6'7", 260 pounds, a great offensive player, you could see that, he was a mismatch, so they needed his points, but he was in there in those final 90 seconds, and he's the guy who got lost on a switch, on their little guard, Stephen Ashworth, who was shooting 51% from three. He's got 61 makes coming in, Willie. Mm. So, I mean, this, again, it's not, it's not, hey, he's shooting 51%, and he's got 10 makes on the season. He's got 61 makes. He's the guy on the team. You cannot lose. And Keyshawn stayed, Keyshawn Hall, stayed on Funk with another defender, Ashworth wide open. Then, to seal the game, they have an out-of-bounds play. And Keyshawn Gilbert got lost on a switch, which really shouldn't have been a switch. On Sean Barstow, he makes a 15-footer. Those two mistakes. And Hall also got called for a cheapie. Um, you know, he, he's trying to make a post move, and Dan Akin, their big, flops to the floor. They call a charge. And, you know, Lou Rod had a chance, after a nice move, to make basically what was a, a floater, a layup. Mm-hmm. And that went in and out. So a couple of... Couple of mistakes on defense and a couple of bad breaks on offense, and you lose again. They're close. They're close, but they're losing close games. So and here's and the I, I tracked. I was tracking the numbers on, uh, you know, I'll call it coin flip games. Games that are seven points or less. And uh, what's the number I have? I have it in there. Yeah, there it is. Uh, three and four in coin flip games. So the problem is they're just one and three in those games. In those games that are seven points or less and, on either side. And here's the problem now. You look up and say, okay, well, here's a team where they can get right. Here's a game they can get right going on the road. But you know what? Fresno State 6-11. and 11. No, this is a dangerous game because Fresno's looking at it like, hey, this is a team that we can beat right now. And they're hungry. They've lost three in a row, Fresno. They're 6-11. and 11, And they're going to want to gear up for this and catch a team while it's in a lull. 
And this game becomes very dangerous, I think, for for UNLV. Um, it returns home after this, but um, this is not a game, you know, and, and I think both teams are in desperation mode, but UNLV is a team on the road. This is, this is going to be a tough one. Uh, Three o'clock Saturday, UNLV at Fresno. Lots of NFL news to get to today. Checking the wire to see if anything has come down with Sean Payton. Now that the Chargers job is not open. Yep. Should he be taking a job this year? Just sit out, bro. I don't think the Broncos job is a terrible job, but I don't know that it's truly a good job. The Texans job is a terrible job. Yeah. And it's not because of the fact that, you know, they're potentially going to get a franchise quarterback, one of these guys in the draft, which is a good thing. But ownership is a disaster. Management is a disaster. Texans, Panthers, Broncos. I mean, he just interviewed with the Broncos. Is he really going to jump in one of these opportunities? What is he doing? I don't think – I think he's entertaining it and he's just out there. Um, I think – I'm guessing that he scheduled these interviews that he had in the event that Staley was going to be gone. So he's just kind of entertaining phone calls, playing the game. And now that that job's out – now that that job's off the table – um, I agree with you. I do not think in any way, shape, or form. I saw this when you put it on here that that this interview that lasted several hours, I, I don't like it. I don't think the Sean Payton – I think Sean Payton is above and beyond the Broncos. I think this is not an advantageous situation. And he's he's been patient already as it is. He ha, he he. Take your time. And you know what? Let's wait to see what happens with Dallas because we're still – just because they won their first playoff game on the road, just just hold on. Just wait it out. Let's see what happens. Bingo. 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 Because you know if this goes the wrong way, in a big way, if the Niners just destroy the Cowboys, Jarrah's old, man. He's going to have to scratch that itch big time. He's been wanting this guy – Forever. Up next, got a long offseason coming up with the Raiders. A lot of work to be done, and Willie's going to tell us the uh, three biggest goals for this Las Vegas team. Today, after unnecessary roughness, it's the Kevin Kruger Radio Show at 5 p.m. on Raider Nation Radio 920 a.m. Unfortunately, due to the storms that are going through Vegas, the Vegas Raiders Stadium has been turned into a coordinated relief center for the next 36 hours. Yeah, apparently touchdowns rarely ever happen there. <laughs> Hanging at the Battleborn Broadcast Center, it's Cofield and Company. Justin Watkins, Battleborn Injury Lawyer is coming up in just a little bit. Willie's here, it's Cofield. That was real? That was really a flight attendant? Cracking on Vegas? All right. All right, bro. All right. So, Willie, why are you annoyed? Yesterday we were talking about you. You asked Adam about All American. We got to talking about the TV him. show. Yeah, yeah. And he, what did you t- you tried to take credit for the? What do you mean tried? What do you mean tried for the recommendation to Adam Hill and Ed Green and at accused, the time? Either one of them had watched it. No, you didn't accuse. What you did once I said it, you cut me off in the middle and you went, Adam, is this true? Like, dude. I mean, do we need to – everything I say, you need to clarify? Not everything. Oh, okay. <laughs> not everything. It just I, didn't sound believable. You're not a massive TV watcher. Though, I'm not, but that one I did I did okay. stumble across in season one, and I was like, guys, you got to watch this. Because Ed had bugged me to watch Friday Night Lights, and so uh, I had stumbled onto All-America. I don't remember how the heck I stumbled onto it, but I just started watching it. 
and and uh, it was already on. It was past the first season from its normal viewing, so I was able to breeze through it on Netflix. And uh, I told those guys, and then we were all caught up. We were all caught up. So, but yeah, I just thought to myself, I was like, what, what, what do we need to clarify? That was pretty insulting. Yeah. I guarantee I don't do that again. <laughs> there's so there's been that. You've asked me if I know how to cook mac and cheese. There's a lot of things that you uh, starting starting to annoy me. Anyone who listens, they know I pose questions. I usually answer them myself. And that's usually how I go in addressing something with right. the, the co-host. So. Let's not try to do it. Don't steam me or Ari gets it. I, I don't know. If I, I can't guarantee it. I can't guarantee it. Maybe those will be good promos in the future. <laughs> Ari's always looking for good promo material. Yeah. You okay? You got it off your chest? I did. I had, I had a tough chest day today. Too. Three initiatives for the Raiders in the offseason. Yes. This is Willie's list. First. Josh Jacobs. Yeah, should the Raiders franchise him or sign him big? And I'm of the belief that they should franchise tag him. I don't think that they should lay it all out there, and I think that they should play their you know play their cards in terms of if they franchise tag him, you're going to pay a lower premium average of the top five running backs. And if he holds out, he holds out. Um, because I – where they as they say running backs come a dime a dozen you never know what you're going to get from season to season nobody saw this coming from Josh Jacobs I certainly didn't I thought that he if you remember my big hot take that I was getting crap about was that Kenyon Drake was going to have a big season but it was based off of how this man the management this coaching staff was treating Josh Jacobs so I didn't think that they believed in him and then they start him the first two series of the Hall of Fame game and a fire was lit, and this kid went off. Now, does he deserve anything that comes his way? Absolutely, because he played his butt off. He was tremendous. Worked hard in the offseason. Um, but it's going to cost them big if they negotiate and try to sign him right now. And I think that there's other needs where that money needs to go. They need to strengthen the offensive line. <coughs> Excuse me. And they need to build up that defense. With Jacobs, if they franchise him, they get away with that average price, and if he holds out, well, that's on him. And if he decides not to to play, then they'll have to go figure out what to do. But I think that you know they they found out last year that somebody could step up, and you never know who's going to step up. So I don't think spending big big money this year is the answer. What do you think he'll do if they franchise tag him? He'll just go with it. Everyone's expecting him to be a good soldier. You know. I think that he does. I think that he does because whatever the average comes out to be, which I haven't looked, um, after what we saw from him last year, unless his agent sways him differently and tells him don't do it. Because he, then he's only guaranteed one more year. Then he's got to do it all over again. Now, it depends on what's out there, what they're saying, you know, who, who's out there, whatever. If he says, I'm holding out, demand or trade, you know, demand, whatever. Um, I, I think that he plays. I just do because I saw what he went through. We talked to him multiple times. This was a guy who won the Craig Long Award where, as far as from the media, we all voted and we had Josh Jacobs. You know, he won as the most accessible guy who was there every time at the locker, no matter what. And we heard what he, you know, his mind, where his mindset was all season, off season and in through the season. Then to come to find out with his father, what he went through. I just think deep down we've learned a lot about his character. And, you know, and also I think a lot of it depends on who they bring in, too. 
who's coming in to quarterback this team? You know, um, how much has him and Josh McDaniel sat down and talked? Um, so if, if you ask me the character that we learned from Josh Jacobs, I think the Raiders franchise tag him and Jacobs plays. Have you looked at teams to see who would be willing to spend big money in an extended con- or a long contract with Jacobs? No. It's probably not as many landing spots as we think for a guy of his ilk. Yeah. Who 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 are you? Who do you see? Well, I think the the match has to be not only a team that needs a running back, but isn't already dropping thirty to fifty million dollars on their quarterback. Right. It's like one of the first teams I would look at, and it would and it would debilitate a rival. And it would shore up their hole, and they've got a big one at running back. I mean, I guess it's big. Unless you believe Javante Williams is elite. He got hurt. But the Broncos could use running back, but they're spending a lot of money on Russell Wilson. So does it have to be that perfect situation? Yeah, well, they are spending a lot of money on Russell Wilson, but we also saw that depending on who they get to coach, I still I, I go back to what I said last year when they got Russell Wilson. I still don't think that he's the answer. Obviously, Hackett was the bigger problem, but I think that we saw that Wilson's on the downside of his career and the passing game's not. They they definitely need a rushing game, so they de- they need a power running back. They need someone who can, you know, rumble through the cold weather when it gets cold up there. Take adva- take advantage of teams that are coming in. It gets cold out there in the trenches, you know, so. I mean, it makes sense. I just don't know if – I don't know if that's where he's going. All right. I'll give you some teams. Probably requires going to the well, – I'll start in the AFC. Okay. What about the Texans? What about building your team around him? You're going to have a cheap quarterback. Could see it. Um, I don't know if – This is for Josh Jacobs if someone's going to try to – I'm not saying tamper, but, you know. A little contact behind the scenes, like, eh, you can do what you want with their franchise tag, but there's money out here waiting for you, Josh. We'd like you here in Texan land. Yeah, you're saying if they tag him and he holds out and they're talking to the agent, I think the agent talks him off that team. Buccaneers. Uncertain quarterback situation, but pretty quality organization. Yeah, that could be a good landing spot. It's close to home. Um you know Brady's gone. They're going to bring in young. They're going to bring in somebody young and fresh. So, I I, I mean I I think that over the Texans, same sitch as the Texans. They'll have a young quarterback. They'll have money. Need a star. Panthers replaces Christian McCaffrey. Again, got to see who the coach is. Got to see who the quarterback is, and see the scheme. You bring in a guy who's going to, you know, bring in a West Coast-minded offense. Yes, I mean, the it all start, he's the one that said this. We all said this. I wrote about this. Adams probably wrote it. But we all wrote it at some point this season. Your offense starts with the running back. The successful passing game has to have, a, you know, a, a, a decent running game, if not a, a great one. It starts up front. And, he, and Josh Jacobs has said that. He knows that. But, nevertheless, he's got to know that he's coming in, you know, and being treated as the man. The guy. So I don't know, but uh, that that one would for me is up in the air just based on who's the quarterback and who's the coach. We're talking about Willie's three big initiatives for the Raiders. The first is to take care of the Josh Jacobs situation. If he doesn't want to be franchise tag, then what do they do? You know, if he's holding out, what do they do? What teams would step up to give up some capital and give him the money he wants? Last one I'll throw it right now. 
Same situation at quarterback. By the way, no one knows who's going to play quarterback for the Raiders either. Um, same sort of situation. Falcons. Because I don't think Cordell Patterson is a full-time running back. It's a nice compliment. And we know Art Smith likes to run the ball. I like that. I like that move. I like that move simply because it keeps him in the South. You, go, you know, we talked, as I just said, with Tampa Bay, like all those, the Carolina, any in the NFC South because it's, it's very close to home. You know what I mean? It, it, there, there's He's a, a Tulsa guy, though, right? Yeah, I mean, but down there, I mean, as far as when I say back yeah. home, I'm saying I'm talking like you know college, his college days, his fandom, if you will. Um, so, but I do like that uh, he gets to play. He would play indoors. It could play to his advantage. Um, I think. I think if you can get on an NFC South team, and and I just got done saying, well, it depends with the Panthers. There's, I think, there's a lot of uncertainty there. Um, but it, the NFC South would be a good division for him, just in general. Um, I, I like the Falcons. I, I think that would be a good move. Falcons or Buccaneers out of the teams you named, I think would be good landing spots. Um, overall, the most advantageous situation is to stay here. With an extension. Well, With a real deal. Franchise, tag, franchise that, tag is very risky. For running backs, of all the positions, right. it's the worst to be on a one-year deal. Uh, right, but he just did a one-year deal. Well, he had to. He had no choice. But He kind of has to with a franchise tag, deal, but, but, he just, yeah, but yeah. after this season, right. he could actually push the envelope yep. and maybe get someone to step up and, and stir the pot for him. 364-1100, 364-1100. Let's give away tickets before you can buy them yourselves. AXS.com is the spot to hit on Friday, WWE SmackDown. WWE SmackDown, Friday, March 24th. You can buy your tickets on uh, Friday this week, AXS.com. But we got two tickets, MGM Grand Garden. What a weekend that is, man. We got the NCAA Regional in town. You got wrestling in town. SmackDown, Friday night, March 24th, Caller 7. We'll have more of these tickets later in the show. Caller 7 right now, 364-1100 for WWE SmackDown. This Friday, you can grab your own tickets at AXS.com. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Waiting for Ashworth. Instead, go to Bearstow. Bearstow from the free throw line. Yes! Holy smokes! What a shot by Sean Bearstow! 73 69. Aggies with a two possession lead. Sean with a bucket of the game. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Utah State broadcast team on the call there. That was uh, what you got on the Mountain West Network last night. Game was not on FS1 or CBS Sports Network. Rebels fall again. Now they're 1-5 in the Mountain West Conference. Another tight game. Utah State's very good at home, and they made the shots down the stretch, and UNLV could not get a couple of shots to go. I uh, saw a tweet earlier today from uh, UNLV Rebel X who said, can the Mountain West find a guy to announce a game that isn't actively sharing for the home team? It's so ridiculous and so small time. You mean the hometown call? Yeah. Well, how are you supposed to call it? You're the hometown broadcast. It's a good question, actually, isn't it? How are you supposed to call it when you know that the game is up on the Mountain West network? Oh. Uh. I'm almost positive that was uh, Scotty G, who we've had on the show, who was the voice on radio of yeah. Utah State. So that was the radio broadcast. Gotcha. That was being put on the video feed. Does he change the way he calls the game? You have to. 
Yeah, Do you? I, I didn't. Yes, absolutely. If if you're what, so like for instance, on let's just say Sandler, okay, and and Curtis, if their feed. Wait a minute. Was it being? Was he strictly on the Mountain West, or were they picking up the Utah State feed? Picking up the Utah State feed. No, it's on local radio. No, then no, you don't have to change it. Okay. No. I'm glad we straightened that out. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I, I missed. I misunderstood what you said. What saying. if it's a, a separate local TV broadcast team? Then what do you do? What do you like, mean? I'll give you an example. Okay. On yeah. the Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network, if I'm doing color and Matt Everett is the lead. And we're on local TV, but the Mountain West is picking up the video and audio feed of us. No. What are you supposed to do? No. Not if they're Hometown picking, call? Yeah. If you're picking up your if they're picking up your feed, they're gonna have to deal with the fact you don't change it because we're picking you up. You get who, who Ridiculous. Who's Small pay, time. Who's paying you? Who's cutting that check? Silver State? I've I've actually heard that before. Or Mountain West. I've ha- I've had this question for people and I've actually heard that before. Like if if somebody is picking up Cofield and Company today, syndicating us nationally, I'm not changing how well, I'm going to. That's that's not true. We we change things for our four o'clock hour when we're on nah, in Reno. Not a little bit. really. A little uh, bit. Not really. We don't change. We just avoid. We don't. That's not really changing to me. We we cater. We cater to someone's needs. Okay, you, well then let's you, go back. That's what this this person is asking the broadcast. You don't to change, cater no, to the UNLV no, audience, no, just like no, Utah State no. audience. No, you're just you're including an audience, but you don't have but you don't have to change your hometown vernacular. Yeah. Sorry, it's, no. It's not always easy. And the other thing is, um, you also got to deal with the fact that the local broadcast team is going to know a lot more about their team than the opposing team. I'll I'll say I I did my best in the UNLV Nevada football game that was on Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network that was picked up and available on the Mountain West, and people in Reno were watching it. I did a little bit of hooting at the very end, but and that was about it. I did try to play it down the middle as much as possible. And by the way, our Battleborn Hour that is picked up, we change and alter, yes, but it's called the Battleborn Hour because the sponsor is a sponsor of this show, right? With an office in Reno. Okay, so we're still getting paid by the same. That's different. Totally different. Bad example. Sorry. I don't know what he's talking about at this point. Raiders initiative number two. I just thought that was an interesting uh, yes. statement by that that UNLV fan who was annoyed last night that there was a lot of celebratory calls by the Utah State team, which was Woo-hoo! picked up. Go Aggies. <laughs> initiative number two. They got to free up some money to fix the defense and fix the offensive line. Does that mean one of the weapons has to go? Do you need Renfro, Waller, and Adams? Is Darren Waller headed out of town? That is the biggest question for me because, yes, not only do you need money to bolster up that offensive line, but if they're going after a quarterback and they're bringing in a big-name quarterback, if it's going to be a trade, I think one of the names that people are going to – I mean, we we heard about this last season, right, that the Packers, in the Packers, didn't they want Darren Waller? That was part of a, a package that was coming. I mean, I think that he's one of the more prominent names, and I don't. Th- I, I I wouldn't like to see Darren Waller leave town. I I think he's good for the organization at, on a whole, character wise. I think he's good for the city. I think he's you know he's just a fixture. He's become a fixture. He's been somebody who's you know his 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 backstory and so on and so forth. But I think that he is a he's a commodity in which. 
other teams. That's that's going to be. They're not going to go after Devonte Adams. You're not going to. You're not going to offer somebody up and say, "Well, we want Devonte." That wouldn't make sense. I think that Darren is the target. Is going to be a target for you know if you're trying to trade for draft picks, if you're trying to move whatever it is you're trying to move for. I think that's the target that teams are going to look at because you have Foster Morrow, and we saw Foster Morrow at times come up with big catches. Um, and I think that Josh McDaniels has, with the Patriots, has worked with a number of, you know, he's obviously different personnel in which I think that he, he, he'll he feel confident enough that he could build up Foster Morrow with whomever comes in to quarterback and Devontae Adams, and then you got Renfro in the slot and possibly Josh Jacobs. I don't... I'm not saying this is what I want to see because I like Darren Waller, but I think that if if a big trade is made, if there's something going on brewing, Waller could be a moving piece. How marketable is Darren Waller? I think he's beyond marketable. Let me finish. Okay. How marketable is Darren Waller if the words of Derek Carr stick on him? Derek Carr basically said without saying it, he went through his agent and fed one of the local newspaper guys, basically said that Darren Waller wasn't willing to do what it took to get back on the field. That's a bad label to have if it's believable. Do you think people around the NFL are like, yep, don't want to trade for that guy based on what Derek Carr said about him. And I understand Derek never said it in front of a microphone, but he kind of, he alluded to it. By saying some people aren't willing to put into their body what it takes to be ready, and then uh, shockingly the next day, someone fed the Waller name to Vinny over on Raider Nation Radio Nine Twenty. Um, Seriously, that's I mean, because because we're going to have a whole discussion of what like how like how much of the car stuff behind the scenes is stuck on Derek Carr. These are big investments. You're going to vet these guys as much as possible. Organizations want to know if you're reliable and you're a team guy. If you're willing to do what it takes to get on the field. So what you're telling me is that if that's the vetting that they're going to do, they're going to go to the guy who, when benched, said, I'm going to leave the team and wasn't there for the last two games when they were still mathematically available for the playoffs. Okay, great. Yeah. I'll go. We'll go with his word. I mean, maybe the writing was on the wall when he fired Clutch. For. When he fired Clutch Sports, which had Darren Waller doing a what is it called a uh, soft hold? What is what is the phrase when it's not it's not, not a, a hold, hold in hold in a hold that in? Was your, your, everyone used the uh, the hold in, and then all, the all of a sudden, Drew Rosenhaus comes aboard, and Waller was available. I mean, Darren Waller and I spoke at Aces games. Darren Waller and Paul Gutierrez from ESPN spoke at Aces games, and he seemed fine. I don't not believe him in terms of there was a hamstring issue. Obviously, there was one later in the season. So maybe he had a small pull. Maybe he was working behind the scenes. I don't know. But if they wanted to see as far as, you know, what he's willing to do to get on the field or, you know, if he's the type of guy to do this or that team-wise, I think Darren Waller's character with what he this guy's been through and then after seeing the real sports story and what he's done – coming into the community with the fundraising and so on and so forth. I think that's his character. Okay. So as far as what he's willing to do for the team, I don't want to hear sources say, and he's not willing to do it. Come on now. 
We've seen this guy, his competitive nature. You really think that Darren Waller wasn't trying to get back on the field? He was like, eh, screw this season. This is a this is a wash. It was midway through the season or toward the lat- I mean, third quarter of the season. I'm not buying into sources say when two days later it was squashed. Stop it. Stop it. Especially as I'll go back to what I started with, a guy, if if you're relying on Derek Carr's word, and this guy said, okay, I'm benched. I'm going to stay home. Taking my ball and I'm going home. You sure the Raiders didn't tell him to go home? Yes. No, I'm not sure, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm sure. we got an answer finally I'm, on this. I'm, was it the Raiders or was it Derek Carr? I, yeah, I don't know for who it was, but I think it was Derek Carr. Okay. I don't think that Josh McDaniels pulled him and said, "Here's what we're going to do. What would you like to do?" Well, I think that I would. Then I don't want to. You know, yeah, I think it was a mutual conversation, but I think it was more on Derek Carr. Why would Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler say, this is what we're going to do, and we don't want you around? That's a bad look. They know that. It's a better look if he's still there supporting the team. They know that. Come on now. Ticket windows open again, 364-1100, caller 7. Carlos Santana, House of Blues, residency going on right now into February. Ticketmaster.com is where you get your tickets. Two tickets, February 5th show, Carlos Santana, House of Blues, for one of our lucky Cofield and Company listeners. Caller 7, 364-1100. Want the skinny on UNLV football? Listen to the weekly UNLV All Access podcast with Cofield and Caleb Herring. A new episode drops each Thursday morning at UNLV All Access on Twitter. I think it's going to serve us well. We'll have less sleep and we'll be grumpy, so we'll be fine. So, no, I mean, it's it's the schedule. Uh, TV is king. I mean, what are we going to say? I mean, it's, this is all this, this this is part of the challenge, uh, and it's not concerned. we got plenty of time to get ready, so we're not stressed about it at all. You are listening to Cofield & Company, live from the Battleborn Broadcast Center on ESPN Las Vegas. Mike McCarthy on the way back. Your team, the Dallas Cowboys. McCarthy refusing to get into the short notice nonsense. Cowboys shorter notice because they played on Monday. Niners get a couple extra days, a day and a half to prep. You brought up something real interesting Uh-oh. in the first 10 minutes of the show when we were talking about jobs that are open. If if Sean Payton is just kind of kind of reaching here, if he's going to take the Broncos, which is not a bad job. A lot of people have said it's a bad job. It's not a bad job, but kind of reaching if he's going to take the Panthers, the Texans, or the Broncos. He's done interviews with these teams. It's like, just wait. And then you jumped in at the end. And you're like, hold on a second. Mike McCarthy is not guaranteed anything beyond this week. And quite frankly, maybe neither is Dak. Meaning if, if things go awry, like you in, in what you followed up with was, you said, you know, if, if the 49ers annihilate them, if that defense completely shuts them down. You know, Dallas has been a team that has been proven that it can play on both sides of the ball against decent competition. Well, if it all goes awry, who knows if they just clean house completely. I'm just saying. I'm not just, you know. Um, but McCarthy would be the first to go if Peyton's available. And Jerry Jones knows that that's someplace when – I mean – but Sean Payton was still with the Saints. That was a topic of conversation. So if he's sitting there waiting in the wings and Jerry Jones knows it and he can get him, yeah. 
I think he's you just as Aaron Rodgers said, R E L A X. So if the Cowboys pull off the slight upset of the Niners, go to the NFC championship game, don't make the Super Bowl. McCarthy's safe, right? I think so. Okay. I'm not sure he is. I think so because of the defense it gets by. You think he's got to win it or get there? Just get there or win the whole thing? Willie, I don't know, man. Well, if you don't Jarrah know, then how do you know? He is 80-plus years old. I understand that. This is the swan song here. So I'm asking you. you I, I, I just... It would be really hard to blow out a guy if he reached the NFC championship, but... I mean, you brought up an interesting point. There's enough doubt in Dak that makes that contract look bad. Well, who could fix Dak? Sean Payton. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So is this why McCarthy? What did he? What did he have a chain on? What was he? Was he doing a cripple? What was he? What was he doing? The gritty? What was <laughs> he, he doing? <laughs> What's going on here? What? I don't. What? It's Mike. It's Mike McCarthy. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Well, it was the. What first, was he doing? It was the first dance that you were going to bring up. What did he do? To, <laughs> you were about to say the crip walk. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> I. He has as much business doing whatever he's doing as I would have. Yeah, he, he had no. Let's. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> it's like winning in week one. It's like winning the opening game, the opening game of the NC two A tournament, and going hog wild. I oh, mean, you're saying it's too soon to be doing that kind of yeah, celebration. Yeah, that was more so. Enjoy about, the victory, but I think you I don't care your, about you doing a dance. I don't care what dance you're doing, but yeah, I let's let's relax on. On going crazy here, be why you're celebrating because okay, yes, you got the franchise's first road win in decades, great. But let's focus on uh, let's focus on this defense you're about to face. Let's focus on going to San Francisco and winning your next road game before you start dancing and going viral and whooping it up. Let's not fuel San Francisco's fire. Oh, you think that was showboating? Well, then, like, not showboating against little, them. Little Shani's going to be like, "We're not letting him do that again." Yeah. yeah, I don't like Mike McCarthy enjoying himself. Absolutely. Justin does the gritty. Our next guest. Just so you know, he's coming up at four o'clock. Yeah. No, I'm just letting you know. Is there a guy who's more easily distracted than Willie? <laughs> Justin Watkins is coming up here in about four minutes. You send you send over weird stats sometimes. Because you really, you're deep down. You're an analytics guy, but you're but you're also one of these old guys like Rex Ryan, who's afraid of numbers and like PFF. I trust my eyes. You, you, again, the third Ryan brother. Stop it! Stop it! Rex, stop it! Stop Rob it! And Willie, Willie Ryan over here. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! You twisting two different things. <laughs> PFF has his criteria, so that's its grade. Stats and analytics are true numbers. You sent over strength of schedule today. Yeah. Tell I, me how, how this is a predictor. So you, are you basically, predictor. Are you basically saying, like, are the Jaguars a good example? It's a phony team because they had a weak schedule. I'm a big believer that, that strength of schedule come the postseason can make a difference because as you get deeper in, teams are battle-tested. So I, I like team. You know what? Come to think of it. Don't crap on my team ranking site when you go to PFF. I like to look at team rankings, and they the 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 number one team left in the playoffs with the hardest schedule has been the Bengals, then the Bills, then the Chiefs. Right. From there, it's the, there's not another team in the playoffs. They're twentieth or worst. So, All right. well, 
I'm going to stick with Pro Football Focus. Willie, okay. you continue with uh, Jimbo's football leaflet. 